Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. You know, we have been in this series of really all summer talking about reaching others, talking about sharing your story, sharing, listening to other people's story, sharing your story, bringing God's story in the middle of it all. And we've been just talking and talking, and, and how many of you have been able to share your faith better? Amen? Come on, raise your hand as you've been able to share your faith with people. If not, listen, you need to open your eyes. There are opportunities around you all the time. You have to make yourself available for it. And if you make yourself available, God will use you. And I'm excited about uh, some guests that are going to come up here in a second that are, we're going to talk about who made themselves available. Cindy, you want to introduce them? Yeah, so we have this amazing young adult couple. I want you to welcome up Mr. Caleb and Miss Caleb. I mean, Miss Crystal, Crystal yeah. Alexander. Uh, yes, come on up, guys. Caleb and Crystal. Right here, guys, right here. Y'all can give more love than come that. Come on, on church. I'm so proud of these guys, and you guys have, uh, you know, been a blessing to Cindy and I. We've had the privilege of being involved in your life. Uh, we were able to participate in the wedding, and so that was incredible, beautiful wedding. And what happens after a wedding? Ooh, one in the <laughs> oven. <laughs> yeah, one in the oven. And so, you know, here you are. Pregnant. When's, the, when's the baby due, Crystal? Um, September 19th, and I love being pregnant. Amen. Come on. Yes, indeed. They might be like us, babe. You well, you know, one and one. Yeah, well, you know, God said grow his church and you can, you know, share with others and grow it that way or you can just keep having Share with one another. You can grow it yeah. that way too. We grow it all different ways, right? And, uh, but y'all are such a blessing and, you know, what an awesome thing to have a young couple who's serving God, who loves Amen. Jesus, that are here. Because, I mean, you know, a lot of people say about your age group that, you know, statistically about 25% of people your age group come to church, uh, which by the way, isn't a lot lower than my age group. My age group is like only at 28%. So any, like we can brag, the whole world's going, going to hell in a handbasket and we need people to step up and engage. And yeah. you guys, here you are pregnant. Uh, y'all been married how long, Caleb? Year and a half. Year and a half in marriage, pregnant. And yet, they're not just up here to share that they're in church, they're engaging in church, and they're engaging with helping others. Just tell me about that, buddy. Well, if I could start off just by saying uh, just how much y'all, again, mean to us and our family, uh, and me personally, you've, uh, you've been a huge mentor to me, Pastor Mark, and then within the church, y'all are a uh, family for us. I mean, y'all truly are. Y'all have helped us in so many ways. Um, friendships and just being able to have other people to lean on. 25%, 28%? I don't, 25%. Know, I don't know what it is, but it, uh, w- we couldn't go without the church. We couldn't go without God's word in our lives every single day. It is the backbone of what, who we are as a relationship. I'm not a woman 
And uh, I'm, I'm learning fast uh, just how, how, <laughs> how much I don't know and, um, uh, as a young man. And I, I, I truly have benefited so much uh, from Sunday. Sundays is incredible. But um, outside of just Sunday mornings has been where I've grown so much. Just as a man, having other men at Real Men, just be able to talk to um, and get guidance. Um, I love being a husband to this beautiful woman, um, but I'm, I'm not a perfect man. And I need help and I need support at times. And uh, the family that we have at this church is, I think, a huge reason why we wanted to also help others connect um, at this church and also um, with some of the people that we call family like you and Bubba Richard and Pastor Terry. So, and what you're saying is because you've seen it demonstrated to your life and now you're seeing the importance of, wow, I need to be helping someone else in their life. And, and you guys have, you know, cut out time, even though you both work, even though you're, you know, you're with child, you know, what is it meant to say, you know what, we're going to make time for this because you guys are, uh, uh, you know, connect guides where you're, you're embracing other families and taking on where you're going to help other families walk this out in their life, just like people help you walk it out in your life. You know, what's, What's made it where you guys are like, man, I want to do this. I'm willing to do this. Um, just to get connected ourselves. So, yes, life's busy. Life's always going to be busy. There's always going to be something. You can always, we need to mow our yard. But, like. Gonna, <laughs> Who needs to mow their yard? <laughs> Who got to mow your yard All yesterday? Right. Yeah. I could, oh, I love it. I can't. Uh, we have, like, who's had the lawnmower art? I call it yard art, where you have the tracks where all oh, you went, right? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so just life's always busy, but we wanted to get connected and going to these things, meeting these couples, the connect tracks, it's, it doesn't only benefit them. So we're helping them. We're helping them get involved in the church. We're helping them learn, grow closer to God. And we love having couples that we can connect with and talk, but they're helping us almost, I would say more than I feel like we're helping them. You grow a relationship, you make friends, and these are lifelong friends, and they help me. Like, this is my first baby. The couple that we're connected with right now, they have two kids, and they've been married for about seven years. So, like, we've helped them a lot get connected into the church, but they've helped us a lot with just questions, and because you have so many questions, and it's, uh, it's been really beneficial it's nice. It's, your family's never big enough. Like, you want to ex- share. I have one half-brother, and, like, being with these couples, it feels like you're growing your family, and I can't wait. I think we're getting a new couple today, and we were excited about that. It's just so fun to grow your family and get involved with them. Amen. So you're hearing what she's saying. Yeah, come on. Give her a hand clap. Amen. So what, what she's saying is that when you get involved with helping others— all of a sudden, God gets involved with giving you everything you need. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's amazing how that works, guys. It, it be, be someone who says, I'm going to just take care of God's kingdom. I'm going to take time to be concerned with his kingdom. And then God will take care of my kingdom. He'll take care of the things that I need. And so, Caleb, what can you tell everyone that just, you know, with busyness and people can't seem time, you know, find time to, to let their life be there for someone else? What would you say to them? Uh, yeah, I think um, from a personal standpoint, one of the most impactful things that's happened to me 
uh, was a text message that I actually received um, about two years ago, and it was just that perfect timing um, to be able to receive that text. And, um, and it was somebody reaching out to me um, who was checking in on me and just happened to be at a, a time in my life when I needed to hear that. Pastor Mark, that was you. Um, and I needed it, and it, and it hit me. Um, and uh, for my wife and I, um, I worked at a refinery that shut down, and then I'm going to, an, I'm working at an ammonia plant now in CF, and life's busy, and it's always got something going on, and um, we can busy, busy, busy ourselves with just anything, just about. And um, what are you busying yourself with is kind of the discussions that we ended up having as a couple. And Pastor Terry said, hey, I want y'all to be involved with this Connect team at the church, can y'all? And it's like, absolutely, 100% yes, but let me ask my wife, and we prayed about it, but it's, it's, uh, it, it was a yes. Um, we want to busy ourselves. Um, uh, we live in America, and it's easy to do so, but with something that's going to be meaningful to us in two, three years, five years, throughout the course of our life, uh, we look back, and it's not just that we accomplish work. Amen, yeah. that's good. Yeah. But you changed the life. And you, mm-hmm. you, you help someone go to the next level. We appreciate you guys. Love you guys as a couple, as a couple and, and as believers. And I'm so excited to have these young couples in our church. And so we love you guys and appreciate y'all. Come on, give them a hand clap, guys. Come on. You did a great job. You did a great job. And for some of you, like, you know, uh, you know, what's a connect God? What is that? Here at the church, you know, we want you to get connected with Jesus. We want you to get connected in the church. We want you to get connected in the community. And we have a connect track to do that on our app, on our website. Uh, when you pull that up, is five steps to connect. Of course, the first one, you get saved. Amen. We need Amen. to get saved. And then once you get saved, you get baptized. And so, you know, that's very important. That's where it starts, but it doesn't end. And, you know, also there, there's a video in that first step where I just address you and talk to you about kind of us and who we are and what we stand for. Very important. And then when you go to step two, and this is what the guides help do is help people walk through these steps. It's encouraging people to attend the services. The Sunday services are so important. How these messages build on each other. Coming to Rain and Real Men, coming to, you know, the New Life or SWAT or youth and all young adults, uh, all the events that go on, so important that you involve yourself. These are opportunities that God wants to do something special in your life where you're connecting with Jesus and connecting with others. And then step three is join the communications network. Now, this is so important because, man, we don't just minister on Sunday. We minister all the time during the week. There's so many things that are going on. One of those uh, networks is the email that we send out. Tomorrow, they'll have an email, for instance, that's going to go out to everyone who signed up, and it shows you the whole week of everything that's going on uh, or key things that are going on. There's a ton of things that we don't you know, we can't put every week, but key things that you go, wow, I might want to be a part of that. And you are able to see it and be able to engage in it. For instance, like this Wednesday, uh, I'm doing a workshop on uh, expressive writing. And I'm telling you, it's going to change people's lives. And we make that available all the time. You just did a workshop uh, on time management. And so I'm doing a workshop on expressive writing. By the way, if you want your immune system to be doubled, come hear what I've got to say. Yes, if you want your mental health to go to the next level, come hear what I've got to say. If you never journaled and you're like, man, I would love to learn. If you've journaled, 
I will bring you journaling to 2.0. And so it's going to be amazing, but you got to sign up. And so our yeah. communication piece goes out. You just hit a sign up button. Bam, that goes straight to me. I know that you signed up. I'm excited for you. We're ready for you. It's things like that. Uh, the app, my God, we have a marriage seminar on the app. Right. There's 13 teachings there on the app for you as married couples. If you do those exercises, I promise, no, God promises, you have an incredible marriage. There's parenting exercises. There's all kinds of tools on our communication pieces. So we help people to sign up and make sure they get that from Cindy sending out an email on Tuesday, from me sending out one to the whole church on Thursday, communicating, live feeds, just all of this for you. And then also uh, step four is getting in a connect group. We want you to get in a connect group so you can have that close proximity with people and you can use your gifts there. When something goes on in your life, you've got people knows what's going on that are going to reach out to you. And then five, getting on the dream team where you're serving. I don't know if you know this, but here at the church, we have 475 people that are on our dream team and serve just in Santa Mall and all the different areas to make sure that you have this great experience. We have this many people serving. I think we ought to give the Lord a hand clap for that. Amen. Amen. That's huge. And so we want you to be connected. It is so important. Amen. 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 Well, Cindy, let's sit down. And today's title of the message and the reason why I had Caleb and Crystal come up is because it's about having a heart for the kingdom. And what they were expressing to you is the heart for the kingdom, where they realize that, you know what, I can't just, you know, be okay with just having my life and not getting involved in someone else's life. And they made that step to help others. And by the way, like we've been preaching, uh, you will never fully be satisfied in Christianity until you're sharing your faith and you're helping others. Yeah. If all you do is read the Bible and come to church, I'm telling you, you're going to find where you're going to get to a place where you're going to be bored with Christianity, and it's not Christianity's fault, it's yours, because you have not stepped out of yourself and stepped into someone else's life and tried to help them. The Bible's all about connecting to the people. Well, that's why it says, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. He's saying you've got to connect with the people. Your heart has to connect with God's kingdom. And to give another example of having a heart for the kingdom, we go to Nehemiah. You know, another communication tool is our Ancient Path devotional, which goes out every day, uh, also on our app. And I read that every single morning. It brings us through the whole Bible in three years. And man, you just grow and I grow and I grow. I can't imagine my life without that tool helping me. Right now, we're in the book of Nehemiah. And in the book of Nehemiah today, we're talking about you know, I read and it was about how not letting the enemy uh, talk you out or, or cause fear in your life so you stop building. And so God wants you to keep building his kingdom. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so, but if you look back in chapter one of Nehemiah, you see something about Nehemiah that uh, we need to capture and we need to look at. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king, Cindy. Look, the cupbearer, that was a high position. That was the position where, honestly, the king and his family trusted the cupbearer more than anyone else. That was a trusted position. That was a position where Nehemiah had influence. He was in the courts all the time. He was next to the king and his family. He lived 
next to the family. So his, his dwelling was beautiful. He probably had a beautiful place where he lived. He had servants that were attending to him, food that was being cooked for him. I mean, this guy was like high up. And we know, we know from the story that he really enjoyed his life because he was always happy. The king actually said that he was always happy, always just excited. He was someone that you love being around, but something happened to show us his heart. And what happened was his brothers came from Jerusalem. Now, at this time, Ezra had went with different groups. They had rebuilt the temple of God. And so, but one of the things that were not rebuilt was the wall around the temple. And so things were still fairly new. And the people that were living there that went to build the temple, they were living in poverty and and things were not good. The wall was torn down. They were open to the enemy. And, and, And Nehemiah didn't just sit back and go, well, my life's good. I'm blessed. I'm in a good place. So I'm not gonna worry about those guys. He didn't do that. Matter of fact, it broke his heart to the point where he fasted and prayed and was like, oh God, help them, God. My heart breaks for your people, for your kingdom, God. What can I do, God? And even to the point when he went to serve the king, he was always happy. The king recognized that his heart was broke. And the king said, Nehemiah, what's going on? What's wrong with you? And Nehemiah said, king, I'm sorry, but man, I heard that, that the kingdom's in peril and the walls are down, and my brothers and sisters, they're suffering, and, and I've connected with that, and I can't just be happy where I'm at while this need is setting before me that came to me. I can sit here. I just can't do nothing. And the king said, wow, well, how, what do you need? How much time do you need? What do you need? He gave him resources. He gave him people. And so he, he gained favor from God because he had a heart for the kingdom. And guys, if you're looking for doors to be open, just start having a heart for the kingdom. Amen. Sometimes we're looking for doors to be open for our ego instead of for God's kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And when we start seeing needs around us and we get to a place where we're not satisfied with the status quo, we're not, look, Christianity has is, is got this place where we want to build this life where we have this house and we have protection and we build these walls around us where we ain't got to deal with the world. That is not Christianity. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. That, is, that is a selfish goal. That is a worldly mindset. We've got to have the heart that when we see needs that we can't just do nothing. We have to get up and do something. Can I get an amen? Amen. This is, we've got to see this. Don't live in a selfish Christianity. Live in a Christianity that's making a difference in the world around us. Amen. And really, Nehemiah had the heart and mind of Christ. And so it, that's actually a picture of Christ to, to see that need and not be able to sit still and do nothing. And we see this in Philippians 2, starting in verse 3. It says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. I love how it says empty conceit. Conceit means that you actually elevate yourself. You're super focused on yourself, you and you alone. And I love, he said, hey, no, but I want some humility. You need to have some humility. Humility, sometimes we think that means to think uh, less of ourselves or to belittle ourselves, to think that maybe we're not 
um, as much as we should be. But humility actually means to just think of yourself less. Mm. And so it's actually being able to see that others are precious. Other people matter. Okay, and so that's why he says, in humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest. So being in that place of self-preservation, thinking only of how you're going to move forward, how you're going to get things done, how you're going to be protected. He's like, no, we can't live like that, but also be looking out for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. What did Jesus do? He left the perfection of heaven. And he put on humanity so he could save humanity. Amen. And the Lord is wanting this, us to see that he's asking us to do the same thing. So the question is, what are we willing, what comforts are we willing to give up to see the kingdom of Christ advance? And I really believe that our love for comfort and our love for convenience has the potential to cripple and even kill the church. We've got to be willing to let go of some of those things that are so precious to us when Christ asked us to do. So after we have been uh, just waking up that we are blessed, okay? We've been set free. And why are we blessed? We're blessed because we've been set free. I love that song that we, we sang during worship, you know, that, that the Lord loved us before we loved him, okay? And so just that we are saved, we are blessed. And then once we're established, you know, are we willing to reach out to those that don't have what we have? Those that are maybe on the fray, those that are hurting, those that are in just horrible conditions, are we willing to give up our comfort to be able to help someone else to move forward in Christ? You know, or are we willing to give up one evening? Maybe we have a neighbor that we see is broken and hurting. Are we willing to give up our evening to go and sit and be a blessing to them? You know, are we willing? I see a lot of mentors in here for our Ruth house and some of the women here today. Are we willing to give up maybe one morning and say, hey, Aaron, I'm willing to come and do a devotion with them or I'm willing to give some women rides to work because I have the time. Are we, are we willing to do that? What are we willing to do for Jesus who's done everything for us? Because if we're not careful, we get into this doctrine of self where everything is about us, and it's the same you know, proverb that was in the scripture, let us eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow yeah. we die. Amen. In other words, all of life is about what I can get out of it. All of life is about how much fun, how much comfort, how many things can I do, and I'm telling you, that is a doctrine of demons. That is not the doctrine of Jesus. That is not the mind of Jesus. The mind of Jesus is that we leave our blessed life and we use it to bless others. Can I get an amen? Amen. We don't try to create this cocoon where we're, where we're insulated and we're away from it. That's been a mistake for years. We go, just like Jesus did, goes into humanity, hurting humanity, yeah. and looks at what he can do, looks at how he can help. 
And look, right. not just help humanitarianly either with physical things, yeah. but we hold the hope of the world that when we go and we see someone broken down, we see someone just destroyed by a divorce, we see some, a marriage struggling, we see a kid on drugs, we see someone that's just so frustrated and overloaded with life or empty in their life, that we're not just coming bringing them ourselves, but we're coming bringing the living word of God. Amen. That we're, we're coming and we're bringing something that can change their life. Just like the implanted word was able to change our life and give salvation to our life. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so in, in Luke chapter 13, verse 18 through 19, when you think about the kingdom, you know, what we're to do, how we're to bring the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? What are we bringing to people? It's not just a humanitarian effort. But it's the word of the living God. I love the way it's referred to here. It says, so he was saying, what is the kingdom like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and threw into his own garden. Note, own garden. And it grew and became a tree and the birds of the sky nested in its branches. And so, yes, the word comes to our own life. And when the word is implanted, our life grows, our life is blessed. But if you note that it was so that the other animals can come and be blessed because of our blessing. And so actually that is the blessing of Abraham. That guess what? You are blessed and you're going to be a blessing to the nations. And so yes, you want to put the word in your life. You want to be able to grow, but you're not growing so that you alone can enjoy the fruit of that. Yes. It's so that you can take that fruit and pass it out. Yeah. And he goes on in Mark 4, 26, and he said he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And so, again, you see the kingdom referring to forming, Pastor Warren, is forming hard work. It's hard work. And so it's saying that not only do we take the, the word of God and put it in our life, but we need to be casting it out in other people's lives. That means you've got to plow. That means you've got to water. That means you've got to plant. That means you've got to keep the weeds out. That means when it's time for harvest, you're going to be there to harvest it. Can I get an amen? Amen. I, I got this quote for you I want to see. It says, we as Christians must be willing to sow in fields other than our own. Listen, just like Jesus was willing to come down in our lives, we have to be willing to go get in someone else's life. You know, you, you've heard me talk about the Mennonites and how I was communicating to them, and I asked them, Pastor Jay, I was like, you know, what is it that you could have more and look, they're blessed. They're really blessed. You go to their houses, they have beautiful places. But I said, what is it? Y'all follow the principles of the Lord and you're very blessed. I said, what is it? Why do you stop at a certain point? And, he, and they to, what they told me just changed my life. He says, we stop at a certain point because if we have too many blessings, then we will end up spending all of our time taking care of our own stuff. Hmm. And we will have no time to go help someone mm -hmm. else. Wow. In other words, like a good friend of mine in Alabama who had a stroke, who was a farmer, 
And to be honest with you, he was not even close to God at the time. And all of a sudden, he, he has this stroke, and he's a, a farmer, and he can't go plow, he can't go plant. What happens when you don't do that, Pastor Warren? You're going down. Well, guess what? The Mennonite brothers in the community who are also farmers found out what happened. You know what they did? They got together and they took turns and they plowed that man's field. They planted wow. that man's field. They wow. harvested that man's field. And, and, and the guy, it was so impacted them. Guess what? That man is sold out to Jesus Christ here today. Come on, someone. Because Christians were willing, they were willing to, to not just plow in their own field, but to also plow in someone else's. Amen. Guys, I am here to tell you, you have not figured out life until you start plowing in someone else's field. Come on. If you want to be fulfilled like you've never been fulfilled before, let me tell you something. It will do more for you than any bank account. Can I get an Amen. It'll do more for you than any toy. It'll do more for you than any sporting event. It will fill the inside of you deep down in when you begin to walk in other people's shoes, when you begin to plow in their fields. And look, you don't, you don't do that. And, and you know what's crazy? God, he could ask for everything. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't. Some people he does. But for the most part, he just says, give me a little bit. Yeah. He can tell you to give me all your wealth. He can tell you to sell everything, give it to this person. But it, normally he does not. He just says, give me, just give me a little time. You think we can fashion our lives where we can give him just a little bit time for him to help someone else? Because we are his hands and feet to humanity. But, it, but look, when you do it, what happens is he ends up blessing your socks off. Amen. It's kind of like Krista was saying, you think you're doing something and all of a sudden you're benefiting from it more than you ever thought you can benefit. And that's where he says in 1 Peter, he said the hardworking farmer is going to be the first to receive the produce. When you make your life about others, God can't help himself. He'll turn around and he will bless you like you've never been blessed before. You know why? So that you can turn around and what? Be a blessing. A lot of it is, well, I've learned that I can trust them. Hmm. If I bless them, they will, they will help someone else. So I'll bless them again. Wow. But if he blesses you and all you do is use it for yourself, the Bible actually says, I will shut off the blessings and I will not even hear your prayers anymore. Hmm. We've got to live a life where we are blessed. Oh, yeah, that's in the scripture. Go, go look it up. We've got to live a life where we're blessing other people. That's what he says when he says, man, once you grab the plow, you cannot stop using it. Yeah. You've got to keep plowing and not just your own field, in my field. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Because now your field and everyone else's field is the Lord's. And you plow where he tells you to plow. Today, I'm plowing in my field. Tomorrow, I'm plowing in your field. The next week, I might be plowing in your field. And you might be plowing in their field. And, and what happens is everyone's helping everyone. We're touching everyone. And the, and, and the name of Jesus is glorified. And we're bringing the words of the Lord to people. We're bringing the gospel to humanity. And guess what? 
the kingdom of God grows and that's what it's all about. Amen. And there is, like you said, there's reward in that. Just in that obedience, there's going to be reward. And we see that in Luke 18. And to just set this, this scripture up, this is actually right after the, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he asked him, hey, Lord, you know, what can I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, well, have you done this and that and that? He's like, yeah, I've done all those things. Then Jesus said, I want you to take all of your wealth, all of your possessions, and I want you to sell them, give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. And the rich young ruler, he couldn't do it. He had to walk away. And so we pick up in verse 28, and Peter said, well, behold, we've left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, Jesus said, truly I said to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times as much at this time and in the age to come eternal life. Y'all, Jesus will ask us to sacrifice some things. The, the word is some. It's not necessary that he's going to ask you for everything, but he will ask us to sacrifice some things. And really it boils down to um, what is first in our lives? What is first in our lives? Like I said, if we're walking through life with this conceit and we're just caught up in ourselves, and I think really the rich young ruler, as a woman, I identify with them like this. You know, there's women need security. Okay, guys, you'll never get it. <laughs> okay, we need protection and security. And so there's security in the money in the checking account. There's security in the money in the retirement plan. And so if I'm worried about myself and, and I don't have security, I'm not trusting that God sees everything that I need and he's going to take care of that. And that's where we see in Matthew 6, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be provided to you. If I completely trust that his word is true, and when he asks something from me, and even though if it's that something that I think, man, no, I need this. I can't let go of this. I need it. If I'm willing to say, Lord, I trust you in this, I'm going to give this up. Whether it's your resources, whether it's your time, whatever it may be, God, I'm going to give it up as a sacrifice to you. And I'm going to trust that you're going to provide back for me. Because if I try to provide for myself in the physical, I will always lack. If I try to make it happen, I'm always gonna be in need. It's gonna be unsatisfying or, or I'm gonna fall short. But if I allow the Lord, if I say, okay, God, I'm trusting you in this, I know He's gonna meet my need because He can accomplish far more than I could ever even dream of. And, here, and here's the thing, guys. When you start trusting in those things and going after those things, you may even capture them for a season, but I've seen it over the years. One phone call and it's all gone. Yeah. I've seen it where your number's called and you don't even benefit or enjoy it. And let me tell you something. All of those things, they're going to all grow rust and get old and a yeah. thief's going to come in and steal. And at the end of the day, when you face God, 
none of it means anything. That's right. The only thing that means something is what you did for his kingdom. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you focus on his kingdom, he does all the other stuff for you anyway. Amen. So you don't have to chase any of that. You don't have to put your trust in that. You just put your trust in God and focus on his kingdom. So the bottom line is we must make our lives about building God's kingdom, not just our own, but the Lord. And you know what the Lord will do? He will build yours. Amen, church? Amen. Come on, stand your feet. I want you to stand your feet. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But, but here's, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. You got to be willing to give up some comforts. You got to be willing to involve yourself in someone else's life. You know, here's the thing when you, you think about reaching the world and, and God's will. God's will is everyone to get saved. You think about his heart, you know, where he, he wants people to know him. You think about his work. His work is convince people that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And you know what there's never been a problem with? The harvest. Hurting people are everywhere, and they always have been. You know what the problem's always been, Brian? The problem's always been the laborers. And that's why Jesus said, pray to the Father that he would stir and wake up us so that we can see the people around us who need us, who need God. And we would give up a little time here, a little time there. We'll give up and we'll sacrifice just a little for so much. I don't know about you, but it's worth it. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Let me ask you this. Is Jesus worth it? Because that's what you really want to ball it down. Is Jesus worth us getting out of ourselves and bringing the gospel to others? Us getting out of ourselves and walking with someone. Us getting out of ourselves and plowing in someone else's field. I've got to tell you, he's worth every bit of it. And I'll tell you something else. When you grow in Jesus, you find out something else. The people that you would help, they're worth it too. You'll find out that, that it's not just about me. Life is not just about me, but it's about God and it's about everyone around us. Amen. If you want to capture life to its fullest, just open your eyes, church. Open your eyes. I see so many couples. I see Blaine and Sammy standing here. My God. There's so many people I could have brought up here as a testimony to give time to others to give time for the kingdom but then I look at their life and I see how blessed they are and what God is doing in all these individuals Amen. It's, it's tied to the kingdom your life is tied to the kingdom God loves you but God wants you to wants you to love others he wants you to do his work can we do that church father I pray for every person in here I pray that we would do your work God we do your will Lord, we love and honor you with our whole heart, God. Let us see it. Let us embrace it, God. Now, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. No one looking around. Because maybe you came in here today and you're lost. Maybe you're separated from God. But you were drawn here. You, you were led here. And you're here today. And, and the Holy Spirit is, is just drawing on you. He's, he's pulling on you to come back to God. He's pulling on you to give your life 
to Jesus. Well, today we're here and God says, I'm giving you that opportunity. His arms are wide open. If you're in this room and you're away from God, you don't know the Lord, you want to know Him, you need hope. God is here to give it to you. If you're here, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to put a mic in your face. I'm not going to pull you up here in the front. But I am going to ask you to be bold enough to acknowledge it. So if you're here and you're away from God or you need Jesus, you're lost and you need Jesus, you need hope, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at and say, Pastor, that's me. Come on, who would raise their hand and say, that's me, Pastor? Come on, raise your hand. Anyone at all say, that's me. Come on, now is your time. Now is your day. Anyone at all in this room, that's me. Anyone listening to me said, that's me. I'll tell you what, God loves you. God loves you. So Father, I thank you that it would seem everyone in this room, oh God, has their hope and trust in you. Lord, I thank you for that. I give you praise for that, God. And Lord, I pray that we would go out and we would not be okay with that. That Lord, we would go out and we'd make our life about reaching someone else. I pray that in the name of Jesus.